Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And Travis is here to talk DC TV again this week, number five. Yeah, Friday's the best day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. So we'll hop right in with Supergirl. This episode titled Damaged, we got to see Morgan Edge, lots of other things. Uh, cool story with Lena. Overall, what did you think of this episode, Travis? Uh, I enjoyed it, and I must say, Supergirl's off to a good start with like dealing with serious issues and like being like grounded, even though it's Supergirl. And it showed a lot of like vulnerability this episode for Lena and Morgan Edge. Like you said, you just even just trued in there because he was probably the main impact of that episode for me. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're Morgan Edge is like a real crazy villain and like a really actually evil guy not that they haven't had evil guys before but i don't know that just there's something about just how he is totally willing to do absolutely anything and it to be really terrible that's kind of frightening because you don't really know what he's going to do and um yeah i i agree i think supergirl is off to a great start this season yeah it's it's definitely gotten we joked in the past how supergirl commercials were super dark and then the show was really lighthearted. And Flash was the opposite. And this season, they're actually being what they're promoting. And I didn't notice this when I was watching the episode, but looking back, I really did like it. Mainly because I was disappointed slightly with the first time Morgan Edge showed up because he got outclassed pretty easily by Lena. And this time he came back and he was just nasty, man. Like he's, he's He's a crappy guy and terrible and just seems like pure evil, willing to put kids' lives on the line just to get back at Lena. That was, I really liked him in a, in a terrible way. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was really impressed with him in this episode and Lena got a lot to do and we see how conflicted she is, how she does seem to want to do the right thing, but it's almost like she believes she can't do the right thing. So I thought those two characters were handled really well in this episode. Yeah. I had a note there uh, by Morgan Edge, just greasy. Is what I, wrote there. <laughs> I just didn't trust him and like he poisoned those kids and he was talking to the media and then he said like to the reporters like can you leave like respect the kids wishes but he's the one that like that shows like that showed me a lot and he was not scared one bit with supergirl at the end of the episode as well right yeah yeah because it's, cool. it's that classic kind of villain thing of like i know that you're a good person and so you're not just gonna kill me right now even though you could and it's just yeah he he just doesn't care it's crazy. Yeah, so it worked well. I'm hoping to see uh, a lot more of him if he continues on this path. He's going to be a real threat for Kara and everyone. Uh, so the the other thing here, the big thing, Alex and Maggie's relationship ended. I was kind of glad, you know, they've hinted at it in every episode so far. And I was glad they didn't really drag it out. They just handled it in this episode. I thought it would go on until the middle of the season or something. But they got, they finished it uh, right away. Yeah, uh, I... Like we've been talking about that since the first episodes we've been doing um, this new season. And it looked that way. And I always think back to an old Seinfeld quote where it's like breaking up in relationships, like tipping over a Coke machine. You got to rock it back and forth a bit before it flips <laughs> over. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking, like the few episodes leading up. But as we get a relationship ending in the, that one, it seems like they plant seeds for a new one in James and Lena. It looks like there's sparks there as well. Yeah. And that's what I. 
I think we talked about that maybe last week about how James hasn't been super involved and we know he's supposed to get a new love interest and they've kind of been hinting at this Lena and James thing and, you know, obviously start them off kind of not liking each other, working at the uh, at CatCo, but now maybe they do like each other. But yeah, the, the Alex and Maggie thing, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't drag it out. But at the same time, I actually liked them a lot together and I think it's just stupid that they're breaking them apart, but... Whatever, that's TV, I guess. Really, with Alex and Maggie, you thought that? Yeah, I actually I liked them quite a lot, quite a lot together. I, I thought it, <laughs> I, I like them together as well, but I thought it was really real and well, yeah, it is well yeah. handled. Like it was hard to watch in a good way because you felt for both of them, and you know they didn't want to break up, but they realized that they had to, and they were <laughs> for the most part really mature about it. And I liked at the end how they pointed out they're kind of both better people now than they were before they met each other and it's maybe it's cheesy but they and they both end up in a better place and i thought it was really real and really well handled but i understand what you're saying the actress isn't it that plays maggie has got a show or something that's why she had to get written out of the show i thought that's what i read before the season started right she didn't want to she wasn't planning to be a a regular this year yeah so i guess i like i guess like i like where they done with the characters in the, in that case anyway in that scenario yeah it didn't feel cheap at all or anything like that and they spent a lot of time building them up and i thought they they spent a good time showing why they had to be apart any other thoughts on supergirl uh, wasn't what we get at the end we got another little creepy rain foreshadowing at the end with the gun with the bullet and like find out that she was like bulletproof like she missed a shot so i guess we get another little hint of her abilities Right. They've been teasing uh, Supergirl and the Flash have been doing this, giving little hints of the villain without really doing a whole bunch of them, just a little bit each episode. Um, so she's she definitely knows something's up now. Oh, Supergirl's doing a way better job. We'll get into the, the Flash <laughs> yeah. next when we just start talking, but I think Supergirl's doing a far better job at teasing their villain. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would probably agree with you there. Um, so I guess on to the flash girls night out, we get to see a bachelor and bachelorette party. Zach, what'd you think of this episode? So for a, if you just kind of told me on paper, I was going to watch a flash episode where the flash literally does nothing flash wise. Like we don't really have any flash action. I would be like, oh man, this isn't going to be that good of an episode, but I, I actually ended up liking this quite a bit. I think they've been just walking in the line of just the right amount of humor and like just getting the humor right. So I don't, I don't know what they what they did, what they changed writing-wise, but they've just been knocking out of the park humor-wise, I think. So this this is another fun episode. And somehow, even though I am kind of tired of the Killer Frost storyline, I actually ended up caring this time and finding the story interesting. So I, I like this one a lot. I what do you think, Travis? Of, I enjoyed it a lot of, uh, as well. I must say it was funny. And like Zach said, where if you told me that Flash would be doing anything speed wise i would probably be really disinterested but i enjoyed this whole episode i think i didn't even really realize that there was no flash until zach pointed it out i mean obviously there wasn't but uh, i mean that's more than made up for the fact with grant gustin with uh chicken wings on his face (laughs) clearly drunk putting his hands in the air saying i'm the flash uh that more than makes up for any lack of flash action yeah yeah, I had a little note there. Barry tells almost as many people his identity when he's drunk as he does when he's sober. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's that's very true. But he's drunk less often, so it, more per minute, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so Tom, what did you think of what do you think of Killer Frost? I know we we've gone back and forth about maybe this storyline storyline needs to wrap itself up. But what do you what do you think about this part? Um, it's still you know my least favorite sort of story out there for the most part. Um, I, I guess they sort of confirmed in this one it's a real Jekyll and Hyde type thing, yeah. and and it, they seem to be moving forward. I, I sort of wish they would wrap it up quicker um, and get to the part where you know I think we all think inevitably she's gonna fully control her powers and not have any issues and be a good member of the team that's what i think that's all where we think it's going and i kind of wish they would um would have gotten there a few episodes ago but uh what do you think of it travis uh i'm agreeing with you uh, you tom like i just wanted to clue up now but at least they showed us in this episode that she can turn her there is an ability to turn her powers on and off so that hopefully now cisco and harry can figure out a way that she can actually be able to do that herself yeah speaking of harry this was a pretty good harry episode uh a lot of fun seeing him in the mix with the team he's always uh adding a lot to the team yeah he got, yeah. Dig, Digby, he got digby disney once yeah <laughs> uh what about katie sackhoff as the villain what do you guys think of her yeah i i i liked her i she is pretty frightening <laughs> um <laughs> I, I don't think i would want to cross her it's it's another one of those kind of like they don't really explain the power it's kind of ill-defined but it's still you basically have everything you need she's just got like this bucket of metal she carries around with her that she can kill people with <laughs> that's all you need to know yeah she did a good job of being intimidating and uh and scary i guess for for caitlin in this episode especially yeah she's oh. almost over the top but it's okay <laughs> I wanted somebody to make fun of the fact that she had to always bring around a bag of metal with her. Yeah. But it was only Killer Flash really that faced her, so I guess we weren't going to get a joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the thinker. Uh, what did you think of him in this episode, Travis? <laughs> I have a little problem with this. <laughs> this little one is in Central City in the middle of the night. I know, but still, like with everything that's going on, how does nobody notice a giant, like, Professor X-style floating chair in the sky chasing <laughs> after a homeless person. Like, I don't understand. But uh, how did he think that that's covert? Especially, like, we haven't seen him come out of the area that he's in since, until this episode. Why didn't he just send the lady that does everything for him? He just went out in a floating chair. That doesn't, that doesn't spell smart to me at all. <laughs> Yeah, that isn't for someone who's supposed to be a, a genius. But I guess maybe that is showing his genius is that he knows exactly where to go at the exact right time that nobody will see him. And he's thought through every contingency because he's a thinker. I don't <laughs> think it's I, that. <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm okay. going to have to take that as the answer, I guess. Because they're not going to give me anything on that, I don't think. I don't know. So far, I haven't been super impressed. Like, it it just seems really... He's a very, very strange character. <laughs> And it like, I don't know, he kind of seems like a Power Rangers villain right now. So <laughs> I'm interested to see when we actually get some interaction between him and Barry or somehow. But right now, it just it's almost too cheesy for me. Yeah, he seems quirky, which I think would be really cool and really unique if they do it right. But not right now, he just kind of seems like he needs a mustache so he can twirl it. Right. And that's what I'm waiting for him to develop. But we need I think some he's... backstory for him. Yes. Yeah. 
a thinker flashback episode would probably be much needed at this point just to sort of i know they're teasing him for a big reveal later i'm sure um but these teases are, are mixed bag i thought they were promising at the start but now it's just like oh well here, here he's going to show up here at the end again and do something weird yeah but that was pretty weird <laughs> <laughs> almost as weird as a guy who cries drugs yeah that was kind of bad too <laughs> Yeah, I th- I feel bad for him. Like most of the other people who so far have gotten powers from the bus, seem to like it, you could almost use them for good, or your life wouldn't be that terrible. But man, that sucks if you end up being the guy who just cries drugs. Yeah, all you're gonna want to be used <laughs> from everybody. That's gonna be terrible. I have yeah. a question for you guys too. Oh, jeez, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Find it. Oh, uh, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on to Legends of Tomorrow, Return of the Mac. We visit Victorian London. Uh, what do you think of this episode, Travis? Oh, I really enjoyed this episode, I must say. Uh, Rip introduced to the team again, and we really see that he just can't trust anybody. Like That's basically the underline that that's why everything happens in this episode. Uh, he doubles crosses his team. The Time Masters, he double crosses the Legends. It's... it's Rip hasn't learned very much at all, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a classic Rip episode in that way, I guess. But this was, for some reason, I don't know. I think I, I liked him more than I have in a while. He's been very mixed. Uh, this time he seems like, you know, he's kind of paranoid, kind of weird and kind of out there. But he's he's got just this plan and he's trying to do it all himself and manipulate everything himself. But he, I don't know, he, I, he was enjoyable doing it at least. Yeah, and I, I think he was believable too. Like the, this obsession over going after Mollus to, because he understands how huge of a threat it is, and he can't really get the time bureau behind him, and so kind of going out on his own and trying to do things on it. So he, he was believable in this episode, is what I'd say. Yeah, I think it just makes me mad because I wanted him to just keep working with the legends because at the start of the episode, like he worked so well with him, although like mm-hmm. his beat from season one, but yeah, and then him just making his own call it just reminded me like it because it showed in the episode that the team for the most part had sarah's back all the time i know steel kept like reinforcing that to rip yeah i so we've got a lot i think rip rip should have learned by now that he can't do it all his own he should probably just he would probably be better off just cluing in the legends on his things but i guess he hasn't learned that for him it's been a few years since they worked together so i guess that's justifiable uh this episode also showed the return of Damien Dark. What'd you think of that, Travis? Oh, I love that. Like when we see him rise and the music that they played with and, <laughs> and he, him asking like who stole my watch and like he he works perfect for legends. He's a bit too comedic for Arrow. And he works and it's nice to see him with his powers too now because they revived the one from after Oliver killed him. So it's nice that he has his powers so it gives him a little bit more strength, makes him a bit more menacing. Yeah, I, I I agree wholeheartedly with you. I, I really liked his return. And exactly like you said, I I think he is a perfect fit for Legends of Tomorrow. There's just a certain level of kind of goofiness that works for Legends that maybe doesn't work for some of the other shows. And I, I think he, he found his right home here. Yeah, I like the, and I also like the whole Victorian London setting of this episode. The, I like the time period and everything that sort of went on with that. It was just cool to see. Maybe I'm just sort of hyped for Gotham by Gaslight. I want to see that time period, but that's what it reminded me of. And it it was, uh, I I really enjoyed that. 
yeah when mick pulls out his stake and they're just like are you just carrying that around with you for always (laughs) play three play three yeah (laughs) i believe he would carry it around with him at all times uh right just in case that sounds like something he would do in case he can stab anyone (laughs) what uh i got a question for you guys the time the where did they disappear all the time in the time they're using that black rock do you guys have any idea what that is no i'm not sure what that was about no like there's a there's a few things like with miles too i've never i've tried to do some search on him yesterday and i come up with nothing like there's like obscure references but nothing concrete of character it's kind of like felicity smoke i think it's going to be like canon like they're just going to do what they want they're just going to use the name yeah right and that'll i guess that'll give them some freedom um but it wouldn't surprise me if they also just had malice going by that name and then it ended up being someone we do know is revealed to someone else or you know they'll have the freedom to make it their own thing well we also should mention everything with firestorm it looks like they're definitely going to try to split up firestorm yeah they are uh they work with brad the entire episode which was pretty funny him forgetting things with serum and that but also there's a little quip at the end when he said stabilize the matrix inside of me which is making me think that they're just going to have jack's firestorm by himself I guess that would uh, decrease the show's budget. To, you just have to get rid of Victor Garber, who's probably one of the more expensive ones, and then you don't have anyone replace him. That's got to save some money there. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I don't want to get rid of Jax, so I guess I'd be cool with it. But it, it would be neat to bring in someone else to team up and, and sort of give a new identity to the Firestorm duo. Yeah, if they, of course, if they, if they didn't have to pay Victor Garber, then they probably could afford to actually ever use Firestorm's powers. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> I, I can remember what I was going to ask you guys now, because we're talking about money. I noticed in the Flash that they had a little blurb on the bottom that their special effects scene was presented by a company. I can't remember which one now. Do you think that'll be a bit more the norm, so they could have a bit higher special effects budget? Like I could see them doing that in Legends and that too. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even see that. Um, yeah, I didn't. Was, I must have totally missed that. It was in yeah. the bar scene with Dig, Digby using his arm to steal the money. It came up the second before that. It was like this. This is presented to you by I can't remember what company it was, but it, it struck me. I was like, man, are they trying to get a bit of revenue for the <laughs> for the CGI fix? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, that seems kind of cheap, but uh, I guess if it gives a cool action sequence sequences, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd probably be okay with it. Yeah. Well, on to an episode I'm sure Travis liked. What did you think of Deathstroke Returns in Arrow? Oh, so good. So, so good. <laughs> and I almost made me forget about the B storyline with Dinah, but Manu Bennett is so good at every time he talks to Oliver, I'm not sure if he's being truthful or just saying what he saying whatever he can say to get what he wants. I have no idea, and I love it. Like, every time. <laughs> I was really glad to get to see some of some of Slade before the island and get to see sort of his day-to-day like. And then, of course, we get to see him just slashing through everyone. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There was a lot of blood in that scene. Uh, it was a pretty bloody sword for a while there. That was uh, some classic Deathstroke stuff. And yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought everything with that was handled pretty well and, and onto the reveal of his son. That was the best uh, fight scene we've seen Deathstroke ever in the show that was amazing like he went through uh the whole jackal <laughs> he just kept going never stopped it was amazing yeah just going from person to person slashing them that was uh pretty crazy 
and the reveal for his son to be the leader of Jackals, that was a good little twist. Yeah, I thought that was that that makes sense. Sort of fits in with the character's comic book history. So I'm, yeah, I I really like that. I like that twist. I will say, boy, was that an anticlimactic reveal of Vigilante. Oh yeah, like that was not what I was expecting. But as I thought about it, who could it have been that would have really blown our socks off? When I think about it, it was a good little device for like I like how they have set up now. This is gonna be Black, Black Canary's like rival. Because it seems like Lance has more struggle with uh, Black Siren than Black Canary does. So this puts like Dinah at a real personal struggle, and she let him go in the end, thinking that he was a master, and he left that little flower glass thing for her to show her that there is a little bit of an inside, like Diggle will try and tell her. Yeah, the best part of that Vigilante storyline was that we got to see more of Dinah, more, more of Black Canary, sort of her backstory. That was good to see, because I like her, and I want to see more of her history and everything like that. Um and I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that it wasn't mind blowing that of who the vigilante reveal is, but you, you see that and then you're like, Wait, who? <laughs> you know, it, it was very surprising that it was uh, someone like that. But I'm glad it, it should at least open up more for Dinah to do in the future. Yeah, we won't we won't talk about whose powers his are very similar to, but I think everyone knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was I thought that was a good little setup for her like this will be a good storyline going forward she'll be able to keep this now until probably the end of the season yeah disappointing that it was you know it's been teased for over a year and then oh yeah there's vigilante he just <laughs> he just gets his face cracked and decides to look um but yeah I'm, I'm excited for the sort of possibilities that will open up in the future what do you think about agent watson like she's not living up at all yeah um she's smart <laughs> uh i i like her even though she's frustrating to the main characters i yeah she just seems super smart and i think she knows what's going on and she's just looking for proof and so i'm wondering how this is all going to play out agree agree she's going to question i don't know how good felicity will ever do on the questioning <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about that but we've had a few episodes now it seems like without oliver's green arrow and i want to see him back in the costume eventually but I I don't mind them taking their time, so it's it's good to have different stories and different things going on without the the classic routine of Oliver, you know, in the costume. Oh, I agree. And they're building, like, they're helping William's character develop, and they're building Oliver's character, and they're showing how much fatherhood means this this season. And like you said, eventually, I'm I'm not noticing it as much, but I also want the reveal to mean a bit more. Like I remember in season three when he died. And he came back, it was like very unceremoniously first. Like it, it was in the alley mm-hmm. with, Ma- with Malcolm. I just, I kind of wanted to be a bit, bit bigger, better reveal. Right. Yeah. I agree with you there. If when they finally do it, it's got to be for a big reason and they got to have, uh, I hope they make a really cool moment out of it. So Travis, you caught up, you caught up anymore on Gotham? No, I got two episodes. I watched two more episodes. So now I'm starting on to the next season. <laughs> Wait, so you're on four now? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's so good. Close, I can tell you. I, people have been telling me about my buddy watches it, and he was telling me about the pig character, like, and he said the first ten. He said watched the most recent episode. He said it was like the funniest scene he he's ever seen in in the series so far. <laughs> they do have a lot of good dark comedy. Like in this last episode, there was Grundy and Enigma. Art. I think it started off. It's it's called Stop Hitting Yourself, and it's because 
Grundy is in an underground fight club and he rips someone's arm off and then beats them with their own arm. <laughs> and the, the crowd starts chanting, stop hitting yourself. That's, oh, the, that's, kind of, that's the kind of stuff you of get course. out of Gotham. <laughs> so it's really cool what they're doing. It's a real weird team up with Grundy and Nygma lately. Um, so yeah, good, good, weird, good stuff on Gotham for the most part. Awesome. I'll soon be able to talk about this with, with some knowledge. That's right. And so Lucifer was just a, a, they go to Vegas, fun, another fun episode that spotlighted Ella a little bit more, which she's uh, one of the cool supporting characters who was introduced in season two. Lucifer's done a better job of developing their supporting characters the last couple of years. So that was uh, good to see as well. All right. Well, that is all we have for this week in DCTV. Travis, let everybody know where they can get a hold of you. You can find me at, on Twitter at Travis underscore one five six. Drop me a line and we can talk about Justice League, which is coming out in less than a week. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> we are almost there. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, waited a little while to see that one. Oh, have we all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and DCDailyDrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.